0: Okay, shall we, while you're here, I just thought we would go online and. So, say if I went on YouTube, Nicholas, I were just logged on, then what do I do? I put in. Just type in I am Academy. I am Academy. There we go. Oh, and you look at that. Right, well, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? So, So you suggested
1: searches.
0: Yeah, there's I am Academy Review, I am Academy Pyramid Scheme, I am Academy Presentation, HFX, Forex Trading, Scams, Exposed, Hourglass, Compensation Plan. And it goes on. Mm. Kia ora, I'm Sharon brett Kelly, and today on the detail, I'm with RNZ business journalist Nicholas Poynton, looking at an international money-making scheme that's not strictly illegal but has regulators on the alert. It's a scheme that uses social media influences to entice people to launch into a complex financial world they know nothing about. It's called IM Academy, formerly known as International Markets Live. It's here, and its biggest targets are young Māori and Pacifica. So, which one should we look at?
1: I think, well, why don't we just try IM Academy and see what it comes up for? That
0: one, okay. Exposing the cult. Wow. All
1: right, let's get into it. One of my
2: favorite pieces of criticism from the IM Academy goons is if it's such a scam, then how come people in this company are making millions of dollars?
1: So, this was the first video I came across several months ago into IM Academy.
2: Surely Alex Morton and Chris Terry aren't faking it. And you're right. Some people are making a lot of money.
1: And the gentleman who put this video together, like, I had to admire, it's like a form of gonzo journalism that you would never be able to do in like a mainstream news organization. But this is news for young people, in my opinion. I thought it's it's, it's funny, it's, it's edgy, at, at times it's quite shocking.
2: The majority of people joining the company are joining one year and then they're gone the next year. So these are all new people losing money. All that considered, the amount of people who lose money in a given year is actually closer to 99%.
0: I want to find out about the tactics this international company uses to attract new people and how it has broken into New Zealand I'm also looking at the new generation of investors and how social media lures them in. But back now to Nicholas Poynton and IM Academy.
1: What IM Academy is, it's an online resource that gives people online trading courses, you know, teaches them the basis of, basics of what foreign exchange is, how it's traded, when's it traded, You know, patterns, what times the market opens... And you sign up to these courses, and I'm not afraid to say this, they are expensive trading courses. Um, They have a big startup fee and then recurring monthly fees to join. But for that, not only do you get access to these courses, as as, as they say, you get access to what they call their, their mentors, their master educators. What's going on, guys? My name is Jason Brown, Chairman 750 here with I Am Mastery Academy. And if you're watching this video... And these people, as they say, uh, people have gone through IM Academy and they're now six and seven figure traders. So when I came across this, I was like, whoa, like what even is this? Because it combines the risks of sort of forex trading with the risks of multi-level marketing. That's another aspect of this where people can sort of, you know, these expensive monthly fees that you face, you can actually offset them by recruiting other people to sign up to IM Academy, but you can actually generate what's called, what they call a residual income, by bringing even more people onto it. And there's sort of a ranking system with this, depending on how many people you bring in, your rank goes up, your residual income can increase. So when I came across this, I thought, I just just thought it was quite suspicious, but I wanted to see if it was here in New Zealand, and I was doing some searching around Facebook, and I found this one person, I reached out to them, this was the person who was sort of pushing it. And she said, oh, I can refer to you to the person who's actually helped bring this to New Zealand because it's, it's an international multi-level marketing scheme. And that's how I came across this young woman, mid to late 20s, Ray Spooner Knight. She was from Hamilton. She went over to the United States on a basketball scholarship. She was in LA. She decided to stay over there and she got introduced to this scheme called I Am Academy. And she, she agreed to an interview with me. And um, I think one of the interesting things was she thought this was going to be an opportunity to talk about how amazing I am Academy was. And to what, promote it. To, to promote it, exactly. And I think it was one of the most interesting interviews I think I've ever done because I probably asked her about 10 questions and she spoke for like 40 minutes. She truly had the gift of the gab. And she said a couple of things through my interview that sort of raised some red flags for me. And I'd done some research into it prior to but she says, she, at the time I spoke to her about a couple months ago, she said she'd helped recruit about 1,200 people into the scheme.
2: I'm part of uh, Work are of Lavisi, So that's my team. But what I did is I put my best friend on. And so um, that's sort of where Blue Tongue Trade House started was um, it was just me and her. Um, and then I started, you know, bringing in a few other people. Um, from New Zealand and so Blue Tongue Traders sort of started from just being purely New Zealand and Australian based people that also leverage Am Academy. And we actually grew the team to about 1200 people in a space of about 4 months um, and we all just trade Forex.
1: About 500 of which, of which were in New Zealand mm-hmm. so this was done mainly through social media this is how Am Academy sp- uh, spreads So these sort of trendy looking social media clubs that you know promotes sort of uh, financial freedom, these sorts of things. And I asked her, well, who are the types of people you sort of recruit? And she's...
2: Single mothers. We have, uh, you know, the PI community. We have the Māori community. Um, that's probably our biggest, you know, uh, assortment of, of the groups, purely because um, a lot of them are trying to find another way. A lot of them have financial hardships. A lot of people um, aren't getting jobs. And when they see people like me, right, who look like them, they they feel more, you know, it's trusted and they feel like, okay, well, if she can do it. Then I know I can do it. Also. The reason I like that is purely because, you know, my vision is for our communities. Um, you know, cause I think, you know, to a certain extent, there's some things in society that, you know, it's a little bit harder for us to get into. There's a little bit, you know, things that is not easily come to us as such and trading is something that's for everybody. And I really believe that, um, you know, this, this opportunity was able to really change my life. Um, I don't work anymore. I just trade, and I just help other people. Um, and so, that's the majority of the group that we have.
0: And and she has been successful. Yes, yeah, So
1: she told me she made about five thousand US dollars a month from IM Academy. And when I asked, you know, how much of that money comes from recruitment versus trading, this is the other red flag for me. Most of that money came from recruitment not from actually the skills she'd learned from the product herself. She said that to me on the record.
2: So I'm P5000. Um, so I make obviously $5,000 a month residually, And in terms of trading, um, I make, it depends, right? It depends. I used to make maybe a couple hundred or so a day um, while I was still working. Um, but you know, now because my residual side obviously have a very large team, I might only trade three or four times a week. I don't really need to trade every single day.
1: So a lot of her income was generated through the recruitment of others. And five thousand US dollars a month, you know, multiple multi level marketing schemes, people hear that and they think immediately it's a pyramid Pretty scheme. Much, but yeah. in the US, multi level marketing schemes are legal. And I am Academy, it has a website and there's certain obligations they have. They have to disclose that on their financial disclosures, it actually shows you in plain sight how much money people make from recruitment, and I think it's less than 85. About 85% of people make 1,500 US dollars a year from recruitment. So Ray is in the top 15% of earners worldwide. At the very top, 0.05% of people, I think the median income was something like 800,000 dollars from this. So. For me, it was just kind of like, wow, this is kind of a bit bonkers, really. But I wanted to speak to someone who'd been in the scheme and decided to come out. And it seems to me that I'm Academy is relatively new to New Zealand. It was quite difficult to find people who had taken a social media hand and had spoken out. But on YouTube, there's just so many videos of people who felt like they'd been scammed. I came across this 19 year old girl from the United Kingdom called Aisha So. She said she felt scammed. She lost about $2,000 through IM Academy. She got recruited into it by a friend at the beginning of the year, a friend who she trusted. And she got into it because she wanted to learn more about investing. She signed up because she just wanted to learn how to trade Forex. Mm. But one of the peculiar aspects of it was she joined through a social media club and they would have sort of these Zoom calls five to six times a day. Like an hour long and and it was less so about actually trading, but there were these deep like inspirational motivational talks about how this is going to change your life and in many respects. she said they preyed on people's insecurities because they were aware that people who were getting into this they were in hardship, they were looking for some sort of you know hail Mary to get out of the financial situations they were in. they'd mm-hmm. say to people, Are you where you want to be and
2: and then you know, obviously a lot of people who are with I am they join because they're in desperate situations, like they desperately want to make money, especially because um, of COVID and all of that sort of stuff.
1: Most people in life, you ask them that question, most people would probably say, no, well, what are you going to do about it? Here's an option right in front of you. And she found there was less focus on the actual trading and a lot of pressure put on people to recruit.
2: They'd also say things like, oh, don't be selfish. Don't keep this to yourself. Make sure you tell as many people as possible that I Am Academy's here and you can make money, you can become a six-figure earner with this.
1: Why would you not try and share it with as many people as possible? So that was something that she felt quite uncomfortable about. But then also the courses themselves, she was surprised by how basic they were. And she looked elsewhere, and she found that in the elsewhere you could find similar resources on YouTube for free that were, in most cases, better than the resources that were being provided. Yeah. And uh, I even spoke to Consumer New Zealand about this as well, and uh, John Duffy hey, he took a bit of a look into the scheme. And he also had doubts about these financial mentors, these master educators, because especially in New Zealand, these strict laws about giving people financial advice, you have to be licensed to do that
0: yeah and, and consumers need to be really wary here because effectively these people are giving financial advice and in New Zealand, in order to give financial advice, you need to comply with our uh, regulations now this is one of one of the problems that the internet 's brought about where you know people can access advice from supposed advisors from all over the world and they're not necessarily subject to New Zealand law.
1: From what you could see, these the, these master traders, as they were so called, they had something called a go live schedule where they would go on Zoom, you could join, they would open up, they would open up whatever trading platform they used, they would analyse the market and they would give you tips or ideas of possible trades. So that was walking very clearly into a gray area of this is this unregulated financial advice that's been given to people, but the problem for regulators right is that this is an international thing, yeah, you know?
0: so they're scooting around any kind of country rules because it's an international thing that's come coming from somewhere else
1: an international thing that's been that's been flagged by regulators overseas it, you, it has been it has, has it? been the u k france the u s The Belgian financial regulator, they were the ones who said that they thought it had characteristics of a pyramid scheme.
0: Okay, well, so some of us know what a pyramid scheme is, but some of us don't. But this is called multi-level marketing. So how does that actually
1: work? The multi-level, I think, like to differentiate a pyramid scheme Mm. from a multi-level marketing scheme, which is legal is that pyramid schemes don't typically have a tangible product or a service that you're offering people. So for IM Academy, when I spoke to Raya about this and I put to her that, you know, the Belgian regulators flag this as the pyramid scheme, her defence was, well, the recruitment side of IM Academy is optional. She said, we don't pressure people to do that, but evidence suggests that that is the case. But the actual products being offered are the training courses. So there is a discernible product here.
2: A lot of people are not actually educated on what a pyramid scheme is. Um, Permit schemes are illegal and MLMs aren't. And so anything that isn't offering a product is a pyramid scheme. Anything where you can't pass or get ahead of somebody that brings you in is a pyramid scheme. In MLMs, you're able to pass your sign up. Let's say like, you know, if I bring in somebody, if they simply just work harder than me, they can absolutely pass me. Now, in terms of the other side of the question you asked was, you know, if people say, because I'm making more money residual, the thing people need to understand is forex is a skill. Um, residual income is based on how many lives you impact. You can impact a lot of people's lives fast. Now, in terms of a skill, it takes time. I mean, just try think of being a basketball player or going to the gym and losing weight. It's not something that can happen overnight. And it's not something that's going to take you three weeks to do. If you trying to learn a, a legitimate skill, just the same way we go to university, right, for five years to get specialized in a, in a field, uh, in our desired field, it's exactly the same with Forex. It's, going, it's always going to take longer than the res- residual side of the business because it requires more time. So, if you come in this thing and think it's a get rich quick scheme, it's not.
1: So, in that way, you know, there's the, the multi level marketing side is, yep, look, you can make money by, you know, using this product. But if you want, there's another option, a second income stream that you can tap into by recruiting other people to come on board. Yeah. And in the eyes of most regulators, you know, when that exists, that is considered legal.
0: So, you went to Consumer New Zealand, but what about say the fma or other you know established financial advisers
1: so the fma couldn't necessarily comment because they don't oversee you know conduct around pyramid schemes that falls into the lap of the commerce commission when i contacted the commerce commission a while back they said that they couldn't comment on the conduct of IM academy because they haven't received a formal complaint the financial markets authority what they were interested in was around the terms of the type of financial advice people are receiving here. You know, as this sort of unlicensed financial advice, people who may risk getting people into sort of quite risky investments. I did speak to them about the risks associated with forex trading. Because even on their own website, they say forex trading, you know, trading currencies, it's very risky when you're trying to do that for a profit. Even specialist traders who spent their whole lives doing this have specialist tools they are often on the wrong side of trades and can lose lots of money. And and the FMA even says that, you know, if you are getting into this, make sure you've got plenty of money sort of lying around because it is risky. Mm. When I spoke to the FMA after my story came out, the question I wanted to know, is this a suitable financial product for retail investors? And they wouldn't go as far to say that it's, not but they did sort of reiterate those doubts that you know if you are going to get into this please be fully aware of all the risks you may encounter.
0: I think before you did this story in fact you were talking to the former FMA chief executive Rob Everett who was sort of putting out warnings about this kind of activity.
1: About sort of high risk taking activity. They decided to dedicate some time and resources into a report that looked at the behaviour and intentions of this new generation of investors who are getting into retail trading platforms. And it was a really interesting piece of research because I've heard a lot about these platforms, but I don't really have any, anything to really point to to describe the trends that we're seeing, and they found that you know, most people who are getting into it, they were driven by the fact that uh, rising house prices, low interest rates, they wanted to learn more about investing and they had this idea of FOMO, this fear of missing out. And I think it was that last element that was actually one of the more interesting parts of the report that people would catch whispers of what other people were doing or they'd see it on social media or you'd come across a social uh, social media page from someone who's in IM Academy talking about how you can make all this money by investing. Mm. And it was interesting talking to Rob Everett about that because – there's only so much a financial regulator can do they can try and provide people with all the resources and hope that they're making good decisions but at the end of the day, it does sort of come down to the individual. And I think I feel like they found that in some circumstances, some people get into what's called like a moon shoot, and that is just sort of betting big on a company that's sort of undervalued that you think is going to have a meteoric rise. It's sort of similar to what we talked about in the past with mm. sort of the terrible little meme cryptocurrencies yes. that have incredible volatility, but if you bet big, you can maybe win big. Yeah. Uh, you know, the FMA was off the view that If people are investing small sums of money in this and they're sort of building up their confidence, building a greater understanding of financial markets, how it's working, that it seems like it's reasonably harmless if they're investing things that they're able to lose. But they sort of broke down investors into sort of four categories. There were sort of the speculators who were maybe the, the, more of the risk-takers. There were the opportunists who probably fall into that same sort of sphere. But then there were also the planters and the dabblers.
0: Planters?
1: The, planters were the people who were planting their seeds, you see, ah. and wanting to grow big. And their research showed that planters, that represented about 42% of investors and what they wanted to see was more people moving into that part of the Venn diagram, should yeah. we say? And you know, people just thinking about the long term, taking a long term view when it comes to investment.
0: Did that survey stipulate uh, speculators and opportunists? The opportunists. Would they be typically young men?
1: The demographic of the people who were most represented using these platforms were uh, twenty-five to thirty-five-year-old European males. Ah. So that's what their report shows. But yeah. when I've spoken to people like at Easy Crypto, you know, the marketplace for trading cryptocurrencies or shares, they talk about how the gaps between the genders more in favor of men, it actually is narrowing their noticing like it's more and more people are, are thinking about this, you know, in light of the fact that young people are probably locked out of a housing market you are probably getting nothing from the bank. It'd be wise to try and look for other places to maybe put your money and try and get a better return.
0: Which kind of brings us back to IM Academy. At what point would the FMA or another financial watchdog say, we've got to step in?
1: It'd come down to really concrete evidence. Um, But I think that'd all come down to somebody coming forward if, if they were prepared to. But I've often thought about, like, I've been thinking about this recently that, you know, if someone did come for, let's say hypothetically speaking, an investigation was launched, let's say, for the sake of the analogy that the FMA or, I mean, the Commerce Commission decide to label it a pyramid scheme and there was a big clamp down, you know, Iron Academy may go, but the next scheme is probably just around the corner. Because the social and economic conditions that give rise to these sorts of things are still going to be there. I haven't written my last story on this. I think this seems relatively new in New Zealand. And since I did my initial interviews on this, it seems like from these Instagram pages, they always post when new people sign up and things like that, and that's still happening. So I think the next stage would be trying to speak to people in person on the ground here who who are getting into it. Yeah, these things, uh, they're not going anywhere in a hurry.
0: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Adrian Holley engineered it. And thanks to Nicholas Poynton. Mā